but I did ruin oh, it for you, and it's great. Yeah, it's a great. Why not? Well, you don't want to ruin it for everybody who's well, I mean, listening. I'd love to know what what TV shows you're watching right now, so I can try to ruin one for you. Right? I'm not telling you. <laughs> you haven't had coffee? Whose fault is that? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm here. I'm set up. Ready to record. Well, I am recording. And Thomas is making coffee. Big surprise. I hear the buzz of the coffee machine. Same one they use at Starbucks. He should start a shop here. You should start a coffee shop. Why? You have the machine for it. What would the name of your coffee shop be called? Say preemie pumps, neighborhood coffee shop. Preemie pumps. You guys should sponsor the uh, the uh, scattered banter podcast. I hear they're up and coming. Preemie, preemie like a baby is a preemie. I said creamy. Oh, creamy pumps. Well, that makes more sense. Creamy pumps. Wait, what did you think I said? I thought you said preemie pumps. Why would you think I said preemie? <laughs> I don't know. I like yelled it across the house. <laughs> well, that's probably part what of the is problem. Wrong? That's probably part of the problem. You're yelling from across the house. Creamy pumps isn't much better. This seems way too sexual. This seems okay. This seems all, way too sexual for a coffee shop name. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Bring the sex. It helps with advertising. All right, I'm ready. I'm sorry. Are you recording? It's been recording since I got set up. I gotta test it, make sure things are working. What intro is this? Somebody has to do this. I'm sorry. We never start with this. It usually starts with the funny thing, and then it comes into this. That's great. Welcome to the Scattered Banter Podcast. This is, our, this is our welcome. This is the way we do it. We just start recording and then we jump in. Yeah, sorry about that. You didn't get my joke. The FEMA? Really? The FEMA joke? I got it. Did you? Yeah. Hurricane Katrina? Hurricane Katrina! Yeah, they fucked those people, your, man. Your humor is not lost on me. Okay, good. You just gave me a weird look. <laughs> Don't tell me too soon, because that was like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <sighs> what? <laughs> That's a fourth of my life. I know you're like 700 and all, but Jesus Christ, man. It's a small drop in the bucket when you're 88. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a nice hat you got on. I know. Thank you. It's pretty dope. Yeah. My buddy Aaron got it for me. Says I don't know who that guy is. Art on it. It's pretty sick. He's pretty, he's pretty dope guy. I heard he might get you a puppy this year. He's got a nice beard. Okay, so we talked about this the other day, and I, I promised I would wait for the podcast. I don't even I hold on, wait, sure. out. I remember you telling me to stop. Stop talking. Don't talk about it anymore. We, you talked about this on the phone for a second when I brought up a joke that you didn't find very funny, and you told me that this thing wasn't funny, and I said, you know what? Stop fucking talking right now. You're going to ruin this content for the podcast, and we're going to bring that shit up right now. So here's the funny thing is, I don't even remember what the fuck you it was. You don't remember what I it was? I don't remember. I do not remember. Oh, my God. So Let's I, go. I had a picture of a cat. I sent you a picture of a cat. Oh, doing yeah, a skate- now I know. Doing a skateboard trick, and it said, somebody call the vet because this cat is sick. And I, I laughed my ass off when I heard that. And then I tried to explain it to you, and I even brought in Tony Hawk. And you're like, I don't understand the it didn't make sense. The relationship between, make any sense. between first of this all, cat and Tony Hawk. First of all, fuck cats, okay? <laughs> let, me, let me I just forgot. Throw, you hate say, cats. I don't hate all cats, but you know what? About 90% of cats can eat a dick. And you know why? Because 90% of cats <laughs> are jerks. They're rude for no reason. They will... Fuck your day up. That will shit in your cereal bowl. You're not just wrong. to do. I know, You're just for wrong. fun. But the other ten percent of the time, it's like ten percent of the time. Those cats that are assholes are cool, and then ten percent of cats are just the coolest fucking thing ever. Like yeah. they're cooler than dogs. Like right? the but, cat on the skateboard that I sent you. He was ripping it up. He looked like an asshole. <laughs> he looked like an asshole. <laughs> no, but no. In all seriousness, I didn't get the joke, and we were going to talk about this because we are going to talk about my this. sense of humor. We're getting into this, it can be dark and it can be in your face. But like, it's I don't. Fine. I don't really. Um, I don't really understand all jokes. Like, oh, that's what it was. I brought up that video. Yeah, you brought up the video. 
Yeah, first off, that cat can shred. You never watch cat videos like on no. TikTok and you don't laugh at the things they do? I the never watch cat. I, I, I like, never do they come cat. up and you're like, pass? Yeah, pretty much. Really? Yeah, pretty much. What about dog videos? Dog videos all day. You dude. watch love... that shit all the time, <laughs> I, I watch the shit out of dog videos. <laughs> and not the sad ones, but the derpy cute ones where it's, it's like a puppy. Derpy cute Yeah, ones. dude, the little puppy golden retrievers and they start headbanging, you know, to like some random rock song that gets played or they do dumb shit like walk off the deck and land and they roll in a bed of flowers and they're like super adorable this yeah is, shit like that this is great that's insight. not that's not what i laugh at necessarily it's not just laugh but i that's I, what pops up in my i feed. mean it's good to know you have a soul <laughs> that's all i'm saying dude i love cute puppy golden retrievers yeah the what's best. not to love it's just you know you're either a cat person or a dog person i guess but anyway i'll tell you one thing they're not assholes like cats yeah well, they can be. It just depends. Puppy golden so, retrievers? You brought up what? something that you you used as an example that you said everybody finds funny <laughs> that you know. And you look, you watched it and you just did not. Right, am I quoting this right? You yeah, said, I you don't find. I watched it I didn't and I just it. don't. I just didn't think it was funny. I don't get it. I don't see the humor in it. Yep. And folks, we're talking about the Key and Peele skit, yeah. which many of you have heard, I'm sure. I guarantee everybody, like. It, I don't, I don't all, think I know anybody that hasn't seen this. Skit. All eight people that have listened to our podcast <laughs> have seen this, I'm sure. Yeah. It's uh, the substitute teacher, the Balake, the A.A. Ron. Yeah. The. It was not fun. <laughs> I even, I waited D-nice. years. Look, I waited. Yeah. For, I saw it the first time and I was like, this is just not funny at all. Like, I do not see. I don't the, understand you. I don't understand either. I laughed my ass I know. off when I saw that. I know that. everybody, and I'm the only one that's Listen like. Listen up, hey, y'all. Mr. Garfield, I'm your substitute teacher. Yeah, I don't get it. You should play a sound bite. You can, like, add that in. Because you I. might get sued, but. We're I, not going to get sued if you play a 10 second a 10 sound second bite. Clip. No, you're not. Dude, Balaki. Balaki. You yeah. want to go to war, Balaki? I'm my, for real. Two of my closest I'm friends. for real. Are named Aaron and Blake. And it didn't resonate with me in That's terms insane. of humor at all. I don't I can't know why. Believe you didn't laugh. It's a not like bit. I disliked it or anything, right? It wasn't like this disturbs me. Well, I, that's good. Yeah, but it was just one of those things where you I'm, just watched it stone faced. Yeah, I was just yeah like a psychopath. I don't <laughs> I don't understand. And I remember thinking like everyone finds this funny and going back and watching it. And still nothing. And then years later, this You're is like, like maybe a couple months ago, uh-huh. I randomly saw it on something on YouTube, and I watched a good chunk of the video, and it was the same. You're and watching, I'm, you're like, I know I have a decent sense of humor, but like, I was just like, what the fuck? Why is this funny to people? I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I wish I was a real boy and had there's... feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Dude, I, there's just a small percentage of humor that just does not process in my brain the same it way. It doesn't process. I don't know why. It's right. a very small percentage but it's there it's just it's not relatable maybe you don't have anything like that for I, you i don't know i mean i feel like i'm I, I laugh at the drop of a hat at a lot of things i mean i laugh at the cat at the scat on uh, the the scat the cat on the skateboard is like call a vet this cat is sick because maybe he's you were shredding. high or son did you take like some it's fucking like, it's like i'm high see that night like it's you have like a gummy? i'm high all the time <laughs> i will laugh at just about everything so you didn't laugh at my fema joke uh, I thought it was funny at the expense of uh, a lot of victims. <laughs> but I didn't even say anything. Well, I did say something about you FEMA. Did. Yeah. I didn't say anything it's about... Good. I mean, I didn't laugh uncontrollably. It's dark. It's dark. Of course not. I didn't expect a... I laugh a little lighter at the dark If ones. you just started randomly going, ha, 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 I would be like... <laughs> You're a psychopath. Yeah, I would, I'd be like, there's some more evidence, right? No. It was more of a little tee giggle one, right? It like, was. Yeah. I can't wait to find more things. I'm going to start a file, and I'm going to start oh putting in the things God. that you don't laugh at. Things Thomas doesn't find funny. You know what's funny? My daughter, I think I mentioned this before. My daughter started a file of like quotes that I've said uh, that, <laughs> that, she finds, that she finds funny, really? but she doesn't add any context. So when you read them, it sounds really weird half the time. I bet. Because I'm just saying some random ass shit, and it probably sounds hella insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I use the R word or yeah, whatever that it was. word. You're yeah. not supposed to use You're that word. You're not supposed anymore. to use that word. That's an interesting thing. We grew up using that word, I right? Did, yeah. And the word gay, right? Yeah. Where I grew up, this is gonna get controversial real quick, right? I'm, so yeah. where where I grew up, right, in the area that I grew up in, those words were tossed around all the time, right? Yeah. As little it boys, was, it was constantly, what are you gay? And and I don't think I ever really Well, you didn't really know what it was when you were young. You didn't that know way. what it means. It was just something yeah. to to be mean to somebody or to, you know, 
rattle somebody's cage and it, well, was, I don't it think... was never like it was as a grown man you would you I would never say, say it as well, to be mean or insensitive to but somebody. See, that's the thing and that is, wasn't how you were using it back then. No, I, as kids, yes. Yeah, as but kids. as adult, could you imagine if you were an adult back then? Because look, where did we learn it from? We learned it from older like cousins older, or yeah. brothers or friends. Older racist assholes. Yeah, yeah. And then and then later on, like, where did they learn it from? They learned it from adults that really were using it in a yeah. mean way, right? And then so like it filters down in society to these kids. And then we learn those words and we use them in a completely different context. Like the yeah. word bet right like I, mm-hmm. i'm still fuzzy exactly on how that word works right I mean, now that's okay to say right no bet. no no but what i'm saying is the terminology changes from generation to generation yeah. but the word usage say similar when you're using it in a sentence right but it uh-huh. like means something different so then over time society changes and you end up in the situation where you think you're being normal and all of a sudden you're an offensive asshole. It's like that <laughs> it's like that Bill Burr skit. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. did, have you seen Which that Bill Burr? He talks about this where like the guy, the the um oh my god, what's the guy who said all the things about gay people that he didn't like gay people and all this stuff? And I he was like remember. super offensive, right? Was it a sports? It was it was guy the duck or? no, it was the duck dynasty dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't see the interview. He, apparently he said some really colorful shit about gay people that was really fucking out of pocket and not uh-huh. okay. And then uh, somebody, but like the way Bill Burr broke it down was like, you know, there's this guy shooting varmints in a fucking swamp and then somebody stuck a mic in his face was like, what do you think about homosexuals? And then you and were then, surprised at what came out of his mouth. Yeah, and it was like, and then he was taught these things. He was like, that probably a guy, you can live too long is essentially what he was saying. You know what they I mean? They didn't and coach like, him up beforehand. I know. <laughs> I like Bill Burr. He talks I about controversial shit and he breaks it down in yeah. a way where it's like relatable, but you know, yeah, like that's great in real world shit. You can't be running around. I saying like that, that you can stuff. still hear a lot of that stuff in stand up, and it's not it, it's not taken out of context. Well, it is taken out of context Ooh. a lot of times, but when you hear it, you hear the context, you hear how it's being used, and it's when you're hearing it when it's being said, it's hard to 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 take that as a joke or not as a joke, but something offensive comedy is offensive dude comedy can be offensive it's always offensive to somebody the best way it's always it doesn't matter what it is it's always gonna be offensive. you can make a joke about like i don't know like identifying as a refrigerator right and it's gonna offend somebody who actually is dealing with real emotional stress from i do that whole uh, identify as a refrigerator freezer just so you know side by side not top and bottom this is what i mean see like (laughs) offensive right like somebody's gonna listen to this if this gets popular like how dare you it won't no well because somebody's gonna go back it's not about that it's not about saying oh i'm a refrigerator it's about like it's about the fact that somebody is actually really having issues with identifying as a different gender or something and they're being bullied for it right now right i'm sure and they're gonna hear that statement from somebody who has a long reach we don't have a long reach so nobody gives a shit did you hear about that governor who was trolling the media and saying and he was saying that he identifies now as i don't even know what it was but it was you know i'm uh, bi or non-binary or whatever like was doing it just specifically to troll the media and it's pretty insane just to hear him. It's say dude. That. It's crazy that these people have power. He's man. like, what? I I have rights too. Yeah. Well, you know what's fucked up is is it like I think the problem is on both sides. And this is a really interesting podcast. This took a weird turn. Uh, <laughs> we're so, definitely not supposed to be talking about this. Uh, yeah, no, I think gonna, we can talk about it. We just. Oh, we, not that we're not supposed to talk about it. Oh, we it we had a list. list. It's not on our list. <laughs> never. <laughs> this is not on a different point. road. That's why it's called scattered banter. It's we never very, know. It's very scattered. It is. So like, look, I I, w- I guess I was gonna say. And we should come up with the term, you and me. It's like the 80%, right? Well, I guess there is this Pavlov. It's not Pavlov. It's a What's it called? Parkinson's law, I think. Right? It's a business law where 80% of of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 80% of your results come from 20% of your work. Yeah, yeah, the 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah. So the 80-20 rule is more commonly referred to. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I feel like everything in life pretty much falls within like an 80-20 or a 90-10 rule where like you always have those outliers that are, again, cats. Fucking assholes, right? So- how do we get back to cats? <laughs> you like that full circle. So cats are nice callback. Cats, I don't know what the relation is. Yet. Cats, eighty percent of cats are assholes, but you always have those, those outliers that, that other ten or twenty percent. Yeah. That oh, but it's going to be eighty percent of dogs aren't assholes. So but like 20% you have are. you have like people who are trying to be okay with their sexuality. You have eighty to ninety percent of them who are genuinely just 
running through life, having sure. fucking problems, trying to figure it out. Yeah. And they're and they feel uncomfortable and people are bullying them and shit. But you have those outliers, the 10 percent people that are completely obnoxious like that governor. So, just, it's a weird th- world that we live in. It is, man. There's a lot of psychos. <laughs> You're getting out excited. There. Go ahead. This Go is down why this road. Drink, what? What? No, no, no. There was a what was this? Nuka Luke. Luca Nuke. Oh, God, I got to look this up. Luca Nuke. Didn't I send you that? Yeah, that there was a. <laughs> So is this why I used to watch? Uh, oh my god! Okay, <laughs> this is a whole rabbit hole. Go ahead. So there's this YouTube channel called Pay Money Wubby, and he would okay. post the most ridiculous shit. It was super funny stuff that okay. he would find or people would send to him uh-huh. of just fucking nut jobs all over the internet. All right. Okay. So like there was one. It was like it was like this Asian lady before OnlyFans blew up or right around the beginning of that, and she was like posting these weird cleaning videos where she was like cleaning things. I want to say it was like with her tongue or something. It was like a real, like, like household op, like a plant, you know, like she's sold (laughs) out. It was super weird. So he paid for her ultimate package and recorded, made whole YouTube. It was like this whole thing. And then what the fuck is that ultimate package? (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember. You got to go to pay money. Webby on this is not sponsored. This is like, yeah. And I I don't, I wouldn't turn him down as a sponsor. I'm just saying I'm I'm probably like (laughs) describing the video a little wrong it was just her videos were super weird and it was that kind That'd of be thing. pretty weird way to describe the video wrong then there was this other dude i remember he was like putting like oh this is how you mac on girls lessons this is super goofy looking white dude and all of okay. the women were african-american uh-huh. and so he turns out this guy's in africa paying like hookers in africa like posing side, as like, huh? like, oh, these are these are like um, Just regular old girls, that girls that up. I'm putting the pimp down on. And, and like you had a whole, you know, a whole system to sell these like videos to people. Oh so, of God. course, pay money will be paid all the money. And yeah. so he could, you know, expose it or whatever. But there was another guy. I want to say his call his. So his, he buys weird shit to expose these. And, ma- and that's his right. That's some of his videos on his YouTube. Okay, I think I he started that. to veer away from it because he couldn't get sponsors because it was so like fucking weird and out Imagine there. Imagine that. But the videos were hilarious. The ones I'm talking about. There's uh-huh. another person. Um, the one that I that is relatable to this whole racist thing was what made me think of this was um, this guy. His name I think was Nuka Luke or okay. Luca Nuka or something like Whatever that. And he was this blonde haired, blue eyed white guy okay. that grew up in the hood or was living in the hood or was super ghetto or something. And then all of a sudden he started talking about how he wanted to like. Um, make his skin darker so he started taking these pills and his skin as a result became super dark and he like he had darker pigment and Mm. then he started saying oh you know we're black I'm black I'm part of the black community (laughs) and he started identifying as an African American and he was making all these crazy YouTube videos fuck the white man and all this oh my god dude it was some bonkers ass shit you gotta go I'm gonna look it up while we're talking I'll I'll explain yeah but like there's that's the 10% that I'm talking with fucking way out there. And I think what happens is because those videos and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. people are entertained by the craziness yeah. and it catches attention that the media just blows that shit up. And that's what we see from day to day. So you see all these crazy stories about these governors or these fucking nut jobs. Yeah. That are, and then society as a whole, that's what they're around. So they perceive that as just, oh, that's just normal. That's the way everybody's crazy like that. I think make 80%, 90% of people are just trying to fucking get by, man. Maybe. All right, I'm going to wave the carrot and get us out of this rabbit hole and we're going to I'm going to get you out of the house sometime soon so you can uh <laughs> experience real life. <laughs> so today we're talking about, believe it or not, uh top books that you <laughs> your, your top 5 favorite books. <laughs> Hey, How man. the fuck did we transition into that? And we just did. <laughs> we just did. Scattered banter. Scattered banter. So I I came up with, every time I try to come up with something entertaining that we could talk about, and our, our core of, of content today is just top five books. So this is going to take definitely a different turn. But I thought it would be interesting to come up with uh, the, the books that, that you love that have, have really changed you, that stood out, fiction or nonfiction. And I, I feel like we should go back and forth. And I know I have at least one or two that were on my list that I want you to talk about. But okay. I'll talk about the first one. And it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a... Nuka Zeus. That's Nuka, his name. Nuka Zeus. Nuka there we Zeus. Go. All right. So... It, 
my I just God. showed Aaron, I just showed Aaron the thumbnail. You got to go look at this. Oh this my God. It is the most ridiculously offensive bullshit, but you can't take your eyes off it. It's, it's crazy. a train wreck that you can't it stop exactly. watching. Exactly. All right, so we're gonna derail that for a second. So. Let's switch it over to books. Yeah, let's talk about let's, our favorite books, buddy. Let's uh, let's let's educate uh, people that are listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like to listen to to books via audio because I usually am commuting in the car. Uh, it's the best place to to check them out. And if I really like them, I like to buy the actual book because I like the the physical book holding it in my hand. But I usually listen to Audible. The one that I that came to mind first was a fiction book. It's called The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. And, <laughs> and I bring this up because I know you have some things to say about it. Dude, but you're a ruiner, my, man. My favorite part about this book is uh, listening to it on Audible. And if you want to try it out, I think you get a free book still. So, I mean, you could jump on there and get either one or two credits for some free books. But uh, the thing I love about this book the most is that the narrator did such a good job uh, acting everything out. He did every single character. He does different voices. He does accents. Young and old, male and female, didn't matter. And it just had uh, an amazingly entertaining storyline, which I won't ruin for anybody, but I did ruin oh, it for you, and it's great. Yeah, it's a great why not? Well, you don't want to ruin it for everybody who's well, listening? I mean, I'd love to know what, what TV shows you're watching right now so I can try to ruin one for you right now. I'm not telling you. <laughs> so... The Graveyard Book, Neil Gaiman. I feel, I still, I'm just going to let everybody I'm in on our little inside joke we're chuckling about. I'm trying to shake this this transition off and get it. All right, well, let's get in there. Let, look, this fucking so, guy. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron and I, when we first met, we had a we have a good mutual friend named Kelly that introduced us. He started working where, where I was already working. We became Shout out friends. to Kelly. Yep. And yeah, see, Kelly, this this podcast is, is a result of you. Just think about that. That whole rant is your fault. All right, so, so anyway... <laughs> There's uh we're talking about, you know, when Aaron and I were getting to know each other, we we found, both found out we have a love for audiobooks and just education and learning new things and stuff. And um, he had recommended I, I check out this graveyard book. Um, it's not it's not as creepy as it sounds, but he decided to tell me the ending of the book. <laughs> for it wasn't some the reason, ending. For some reason, the whole crux of the the ending, the the, the oh. literally like the crux and and, 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 the, and unveiling, the unveiling, the yeah, unveiling, exactly. Yeah. And I said something I shouldn't have, and it spoiled it. And and since then, I, I felt bad. Ever I since. have learned how his <laughs> loose lips sink ships. Just saying, I, I have a knack for callbacks, and the Run. callbacks sometimes ruin things. <laughs> All right, so I'd love to hear a book from you. Oh man, okay, so this is going to be one that probably a lot of people haven't heard of. It's called "The Richest Man in Babylon." <clears throat> Yeah, super influential book. Uh -huh. I want to say it was it was in um, for me personally, right? Yeah. Super influential for me. I want to say it was talked about in um, one of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series books, which is another book I'll name and talk about in a minute. But the richest bad in Babylon is basically a story about a guy who is a scriber, like way back in the day, like you know. I don't know, like how long ago you got to be to to be a scriber, a thousand years or something like that, right? <laughs> like it's in like chiseling, of, tink, in tink, the, tink. the time of pyramids. Yeah, exactly, right. And so, so there's a super wealthy guy who teaches a scriber that's working for him about money. And essentially, the story to keep it like super quick and short is: guy teaches dude about money. Dude earns a lot of money. Dude spends a bunch of money on shit he shouldn't be spending it on, like mm -hmm. having parties and. Whatnot, dude comes back in, teaches him another lesson, and then dude learns how to use the money to his advantage. And yeah. that's that. That's like the whole book, right? But yeah. like it's done in a really cool way. It's a really short book. It's a it's really great on audio because he talks like this. You know, it's like a <laughs> I love the entertainment character factor of it. And stuff. It's not just like people yeah. reading you books. Yeah. And I think that's the the drawback for a lot of people. They think, <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be somebody reading me like I'm reading a fucking bedtime story, but they're acting it out and it's yeah, or it's like so much different now. Will Smith wrote a book. Will Smith reads you Will the book. Will Smith yeah. read it. I yeah, mean, and just, it was good too. And he it articulates was really everything well, and he's got a lot of just you know oomph to the parts that need it. And you know, it's cool. I read his book, or I heard, I listened to his book after the whole slap thing, and uh, it definitely gave me some insight into his life. Yeah, uh, not to like explain why he did what he did, but it was definitely some great insight when I when I listened to that book. It was it was great, and the fact that it was read by him. You know, he's super entertaining and he gets into it and tells you exactly how he was feeling or what he was thinking and from his yeah. point of view. And I that was there was probably some some extras in there, too. But that was an amazing book. Not yeah. on my list, but yeah, it's yeah definitely up there. Yeah. Richest Man in Babylon. Definitely Richest recommend. You've never heard of that one? 
I've heard of it, but I've never, <clears throat> I've never. It sounds like uh, that book, The Alchemist, and that one I've heard from a lot of people is really good. I finally got around to listening to that, and that was an amazing book. The end gets uh, a little bit religious, uh, but the book is is pretty amazing, and it's kind of the same thing. He's he's searching for something, and just the the arc of this this uh, main character's journey throughout the book is pretty amazing. It's it's definitely worth the read. So let's see. My second book, when I looked at the list of, of books, and the majority of the books on my list are, are nonfiction and uh, self-improvement books that I thought about including. And there's so many to choose from. And so the way I, I pared it down was, you know, which of these books really made an impact in my life? Uh, which are the ones that I, I read and I'm just like, you know, I changed my thought process. I changed the way either I thought about things or the way that I did things. And that's how I made this list. And I, I would say three of those books actually made this list. And the first one you're very familiar with, it's uh, Extreme Ownership oh, man, by Jocko Willing. book, dude. It's so good. And <clears throat> I got introduced to this book through uh, his TED Talk, which is on the same subject of Extreme Ownership. And uh, it's definitely a great place to start. If uh, if you're even somewhat curious about this book after after we tell you a little bit about it, but start with that. And the simplest way of explaining it is you don't blame anyone else or anything when things go wrong. Uh, you basically you take ownership of the situation and you figure out how to solve the problem. And what does that mean? It means uh, you tell your team, your coworkers, your kids, whoever's involved that you know this is not your fault. This is my fault. I'm gonna work on this and I'm gonna take ownership of this thing that happened, this thing that went wrong in the situation. I'm going to take ownership of it and take it off your hands, and we're going to figure out how to fix this problem and learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. It's a learning experience. And when you do that, I feel like you establish trust. Uh, you establish you know, better teamwork if it's a team, if it's your, whatever it is, your family, your, your friends, your coworkers. And it, it definitely gives you a different mindset in things. And I think one of the biggest problems I had with this book when I heard that because a lot of the the examples that he gives are when he's on a team and somebody fucks up and something goes wrong and it's clearly their fault if you have that way of thinking but the way that he would go about it is you know what it's my fault as the leader I should step in and I should be the one because I should have made sure that that wasn't going to happen I should have made sure that you were properly trained I should have made sure that I double checked on that or what have you and I feel like if you have a very prideful way or a lot of pride in the way that you think about things, it's a very hard way to go about life to think oh, yeah. that you would take ownership of something like, why the fuck would I take ownership of your mistakes? Yeah. Especially if you're a leader, and I feel like that's the wrong way to look at it. And it's such an eye-opening thing in this book. And that's only a small part the of this book. The book's super powerful. There's, it is, and there's so many other avenues in this book. There's you know, cover and move. There's uh, things on teamwork. There's dichotomy of leadership, which is a whole nother book in and of itself. Uh, but that's just one little aspect of it. And it feeds into everything else in this book. And it's, it's such a great book. I, I would recommend it to anybody to check out. And at the very least, I would say, check out that TED Talk by Jocko Willink. And that'll give you some really good insight and make you really feel the emotion behind you know, what went on and what went into what extreme ownership means. It's, it's, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I also think that, um, a, a lot of people out there, if they're not ready to have an open mind about change and responsibility and growth yeah, and like, it takes a lot to have that kind of mindset. Dude, it's, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's really <clears> empowering <throat> too. The first time you do, you do it. I know the first time I did it in a really, high stakes situation uh it definitely felt empowering which seems weird to say but it really does like you are taking ownership if you really mean it and you're taking ownership and you mean that you know what this is my fault i'm gonna take this on and i'm gonna help figure it out and we're gonna move forward from this it's it can make uh, so much difference in the way you think about things all right what do you got so the next one on my list is going to be Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Dude, that's what started it, man. Based Back on in the, the day, based on the game, the game. That's well, right. Well, not based yeah. on the game, but yeah, the game. No, came the game later, was right. yeah, it came out in tandem with it. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it's such a good book. Yeah, it was it was life changing when I read that. Uh, at the time I read it, I was super influential, or I was I was super. Um, I was able to be influenced very easy at that time when it came to sales stuff. So I was I was I think like. 
it's like 18, 19, somewhere around there. And I just was very focused on learning and, and, and improving my whole perspective when it came to business, right? To business? Yeah. So when I, when I, li I didn't read the book, I listened to the book on mm -hmm. audio way back then, right? Like that was what, like five years ago. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, um, see, you don't laugh at my jokes. I told you. <laughs> And yeah, so like five or listen intently, like twenty years ago or so when I read it the first yeah, yeah, time, yeah. and it was it was really just. I think the biggest takeaway from that book was that, and and we talked about this I think a little bit. I brought the book up in one of the other podcasts. Yeah, we talked like almost a whole episode about it. Yeah, but I think what the biggest takeaway from that. I, I would I would I don't know if it's just necessarily one takeaway, but it was just that you got to be creative and you got to kind of create the deal. Create you can't, the deal. Yeah, you can't just you're just not gonna walk into free money, right? Yeah. And you've got to be committed to what you're doing, and you've got to try, and you gotta you've got to find ways to make things work. You got to be able to pivot, right? Like all mm -hmm. that stuff's all super important. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go buy this thing for 10 bucks and sell it for 20 and do that yeah, every day that over and over again. You could find those deals every mm -hmm. once in a while, but it takes a lot of time to find those deals and you're not going to find them every day, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if you scale up like to, oh, I'm going to buy this thing for half a million dollars and sell it it's for a million. It's more of a mindset and looking for certain types yeah, of deals. Yeah, yeah. And just, it's, and yeah, I agree with that. A mindset, a mindset, a mindset that you haven't <clears> had before that now you're thinking along those terms. Yeah. What about what's your next one? So my next one is a, a book called Never Split the Difference, and I was actually just using Never one of the. Never split the difference. I was actually just using uh, a tool from that book. If you skip back about thirty to forty-five seconds, you'll hear me do it. It's called Mirroring. But this is a book. Uh, this is a great book on negotiating. But the thing I love most about it were like the real-world tools that they give you in this book. Like a lot of books talk about what they're going to teach you and how they're gonna make you do this thing or learn this thing or do this thing. And this book is one of the first ones, aside from some of the others that I'll mention today, that actually gives you these real world tools that you can use and uh, negotiating is a big part of it, but another one is mirroring. Uh, there's also uh, labeling behaviors, dealing with tense situations and how to de-escalate. Uh, situations, but mirroring is one of these things that I was just doing to you a second ago that I taught my kids about. And it's when you're talking to somebody and you want to kind of keep the conversation going, or you're trying to get basically more information out of the person uh, without them necessarily knowing. You don't really have to say much. Generally, what you'll do is you're listening to them, you know, talk about whatever they're talking about, and you just kind of repeat back either the last word or last three words of what they said, and then they'll just kind of go deeper into it. Like, I was at the the store and I couldn't find the the toilet paper. And the toilet paper? <laughs> and they just keep kind of going uh, down that rabbit hole. Are you trying to say you've been manipulating me to do a podcast with you? I, I've been <laughs> manipulating? <laughs> but it's, it's a great way when, me as a BA, uh, I work as a business analyst, one of the the great ways to get more information out of people when you're interviewing them, trying to get business requirements is using a technique called mirroring. And this book teaches you a lot of techniques that you can use uh, for talking to people in de-escalating situations. And the negotiation piece is really good. Like I, I legitimately use the negotiating piece in this when I bought my house. And I was able to get a much lower price. Yeah, you I guys got like. a ridiculous price on your house. Yeah, and that I, was crazy. I did not even, I didn't even try <laughs> that hard. And I used uh, some of the tools from this book, and it helped so much. I've used, I used it when uh, we went out car shopping, and it it worked then too. And it wasn't like I saved tens of thousands of dollars, but it did knock some money off, and it was great. It's it makes all the difference in I'm getting no money off of this or I'm getting some kind of discount for a cheap ass guy like me. Yeah, you fucking, are a cheap fucker. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream come true. All right, what do you got next? Um, Ender's Game, dude. Yes, Man. that's the one I wanted you to talk about for so, sure. That was crazy. So an ex-girlfriend introduced me to that book when I was in my early 20s. And her, she was telling me how her brother liked it and it was one of his favorite books. And this girlfriend was not a sci-fi person, okay? So I was just yeah. like, she's like, it's a sci-fi book. You should check it out, all nonchalant, but like also pitching it really hard. And I'm like... All right, I guess I'll I'll take a look at it. And when I read words on a page, like yeah. physical book, I fall asleep. Yeah. Like every time. It's weird. 
I did not fall asleep. This book kept me awake. I ripped through this book in like a week. It was ridiculous. When you mentioned it to me, I resisted for quite a while too. Yeah. I was like, this looks like dumbass book. It does. It looks stupid, but my God. If you base it on the cover, it looks stupid. It looks dumb, yeah. It looks hella dumb. It looks like an old 80s like wannabe Star Wars novel or something. Yeah, this is the book we're going to read in English class for seventh grade. Dude, my God. It's an amazing book. So essentially, the book's about this boy who um it, it's set in the future we know there's aliens um we start our military starts doing testing at a very young age to see if they can catch people who, who are gifted with decision making powers who can be sent off to command school at a young age and be trained mm-hmm. to fight in a future war that we know is going to come at some point in time spoiler this is like all in the first <laughs> like chapter i know <laughs> And so that was a pretty damn off the cuff. That was a good off the cuff summary. Good. Okay, That's right from the back of the book. So, so, so <laughs> this, this, uh, this, the society that we that we live in at that time. You know, they're monitoring these kids. I think the monitor thing they can it allows them to see like their thoughts or hear their thoughts or mm-hmm. see what they see, something like that. Anyway, there's this family who has three kids. One, two of the kids don't make the cut. One kid, his name's Ender. He's uh, a little bit more gifted than the other two. They're all gifted kids. He makes a cut. And it's about his journey um, and, uh, and what happens. he's also a little withdrawn, too. He seems like a, a very shy kind of kid. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he has he's a big weird. heart he's, he's, is what it is. He yeah. has a big heart but an impre- incredibly Socially, brilliant mind for strategy. awkward. Yeah. And, well, like, so what ends up happening is um, – Oh, that's right. My name's not Aaron. I'm not going to ruin it for you. <laughs> now, you should check out the book. Uh, to, you should. It's so... Yeah, you know. I, I want to talk more about it, but I mean, it's just... It's such a good book. I think one of the things that I took away from the book mm-hmm. is there's actually a lot of business strategy in the book. If you read it from... I um, probably need a, to read it again, but dude, yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, there's just the way he defeats... Because, you know, like the art of war, it's he all about war. About business is about way. war, man. Yeah, he, so He goes about a different way and thinks yeah. about things the way that you normally wouldn't yep. to solve a problem. And I think one of the most interesting, well, not one of the most, it was so entertaining. The book was really good. And if you've seen the movie, the movie comparably is dog shit. It's, you read the book and there's so much content. There's so much that happens in the book. And then you see the movie and it feels like it's a 15 minute movie. It, and nothing it happens. Yeah. And it's, they've gutted just about everything. You said something uh, when I was reading the book or when I was almost close to being done with the book that I thought was an amazing idea. And that was making a series out of that book. I know and on Netflix. So great. Dude, or Apple. Yeah. Apple, if yeah. you hear this, my God, Please. make an Ender's Game series. It would be one Incredible. of the best series ever. It really would. If you pack in all this content, there's so much just. That's how you, that's the only way you could episode. pull it off. Yeah. yeah. And, but, see part of the problem with making it because i remember when they came out with the movie i watched some of the stuff about like how they made the movie one of the issues is is that kids age like drastically in just a couple of years so if you're making a series year over year you got to be really committed to like getting content 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 yeah harrison ford in that movie he was. Yeah, he, was he was. He played General Graf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, you remember the names and all that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a gift, my friend. No, I don't remember <laughs> the names of anything. It's just I listened to this book too many times. There's also a second book that's a yeah, companion. I was piece. just gonna say it's called Ender's most, Shadow. The most exciting man. thing when I got done reading that was you telling me that there was that book, and I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. And that book and was think, almost even better. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say it's like it's almost better. And what's a trip is you could actually start. You could read either book first. I almost feel like you should li- listen or read Ender's Shadow first. You think so? Yeah, because what happens in Ender's Shadow is it's from a different character's perspective. Yeah. It's also a really big deal in Ender's Game. And that character, they they don't meet until they're both like mm-hmm. at some point in, in their stories, right? Yeah. So the first half of each book is their own stories. And then the second half is after they meet. And so... What ends up, it's not necessarily about those two meeting either book, but in Ender's Shadow, because the perspective is from the other character, his name's Bean. Yeah. It ends up being where, like, you you kind of almost like idealize Ender if you read that book first. I did. Right? Because yeah. like if you read that book first and you think about Ender the same way Bean thinks about him. So when you go and read Ender's Shadow, you're like, 
Oh yeah. my God! Like he's I want to know all about all. this Ender guy. Yeah, yeah, like let me understand. Like I already know how great he is. Let's yeah. keep reading. And the the Ender Shadow one, it just it felt so weird in the beginning, and I was almost like, I don't know about this book, man. It's it's the so way it, good. The way it starts off, it's like he's a baby on the streets, and I'm like, what the fuck is this kid? <laughs> I'm I'm imagining a baby in the trash or in an alley trying to fight for food. I'm like, what the fuck is? Uh, yeah, how old is this baby? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was like two when he yeah something like that but it was such a good book and He's so good it was amazing <laughs> oh my god yeah those two books are really good and then there's another one that's not part of that it's not the uh, same author it's a different author that i read uh, it's called um it, i think it's spelled d-a-e-m-o-n so oh, damon well it's or called Deem- it's, it's called demon it's pronounced it's demon. demon but it's spelled damon like yeah. in the technology world i think it's pronounced damon because it's a type of service it's, or uh some type of program I, I, that I think runs it's in demon. the background. It's demon. It might be. And and it's essentially it's almost like a that window. one was legit too. Dude, yeah, it's really good. Fuck. So at where we're at with technology right now, if you were to read that book like sometime in the next five years, mm-hmm. it really kind of puts in line like what's fucking possible with yeah. programming in the world we're headed towards. Outside the, the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's sure. crazy. And it basically shows like I don't know. I guess like when I think of um, so like, you know, a Marvel, how Thor and the world they come from, it seems like magic, right? Like yeah. his his uh, his hammer, right? They sure. throws it around, does all this shit. Right. Uh-huh. But then like anything that's discernible from like understanding, right, is considered magic until mm-hmm. we break it down. Then it's considered science. Right. So like this book almost bridges the gap, bridges the gap between like magic shit like thor's hammer and like where we're at today with technology yeah and and it kind of gives you a peek into that what that could look like through virtual reality and like augmented reality and programming it's crazy it is it's really cool and it's written in a really interesting way it's a very it's very much a thriller sci-fi novel super dope book great book on audible they do a really good job it's very entertaining all right i'm gonna make it very boring i'm gonna go back to self-help you want to uh, talk self about Im- self-improvement books? Nuka Luke. Nuka Luke. <laughs> I'll skip that. I do have one at the end uh, that I'll talk about too. So there's two books. I'll go through them really quickly. So if I could only make one recommendation to people on books, this would definitely be like the top two for dealing with high stress situations or high stress conversations. Like I feel like this book should be mandatory in school. For a lot of kids, especially just to to learn how to talk and how to deal with high stress situations. I feel like a lot of people out there today don't know how to deal with things and they just kind of shut down or they're just ill-equipped to have actual conversations. Uh, This one's called Crucial Conversations. I don't remember the authors. I think there's like five of them, so I'm not going to list them all here. But the book is very easy to find. There's like five or six um, reprints of it, I think. But it's called Crucial Conversations and it teaches you how to deal with high stress uh, conversations basically and not to get too deep into it but it basically talks about you know staying focused on what your goal is in the conversation uh, how to deal with the the tough situations uh, rather than trying to win an argument and let emotion get the best of you and I feel like that was the biggest thing for me because a lot of times in my life personally uh, emotion would get the best of me and now it's emotionally charged I'm trying to win the argument and I'm, I'm fighting that instead of focusing on what my goal is originally in the conversation like what is it that we're trying to talk about if I if I truly care about this thing that I'm having this conversation about what would my conversation look like uh, now that the emotions are running high do I am I trying to tear the other person down that's not really going to help the situation this book really really helped out in uh, past relationship it absolutely helped out in previous uh previous meetings with uh difficult people that i've uh, had to deal with <laughs> you don't want to say any names i don't want to say any names <laughs> and it it helped me it really helped me kind of just regain my composure and focus on what it was that i wanted if i to guess deal. the name will you tell me <laughs> just kidding i'll just nod my head <laughs> But I, I'm sure you could guess too. I don't even know if you know the other person's name, but yeah. Those and who knows what I would have done in those situations had I not read this book. It really saved me from who knows what, making an ass of myself, uh, getting arrested. Who knows? Damn! Like 
it, it really helped in terms of... What's this book called? <laughs> Crucial Conversations. Crucial Conversations. Yeah. So it sounds like I'm going to have to highly, check that one out. Highly recommend it. And the, the next one I'll talk about really quick that I, I, I recommended this one to quite a few people after I read it, including my daughter. It's called Not Nice by Dr. Aziz. I don't remember his last name. But uh, but this one is basically, if if you've ever been a people pleaser, if, if uh, saying no to things has been hard for you, you feel guilty when you say no, you don't like hurting people's feelings, you really need, you owe it to yourself to read this book because it gives you a different way of thinking about being nice and what it means to be nice. And I know that you don't have that problem because you don't, I have, do a, too. You don't have a soul. I Wow, <laughs> I have a problem. Look, I you know, contrary to popular I'm belief out of my, no, you're not. I'm half kidding. <laughs> No, but I, I do have a problem you, saying I, no you to do. friends. You're you're the type of person that definitely will give your heart to friends, but you also don't have a problem with not being nice and being real about situations and giving people honest feedback. And I feel like that's one of the things that I really value about or have valued about our friendship in the past. And this book kind of echoes that that same sentiment in terms of it really teaches you the difference between being nice and when to actually speak up and not being afraid to hurt other people's feelings. Like when you're not being nice, it often means that you're saying the things that normally you wouldn't say because you think you're going to hurt that person's feelings. And it's exactly what they need to hear in those situations. Nobody like, wants to hear what nobody they wants need to, to hear. hear the, the hard Unfortunately, of it. which is why I seem like an asshole half the time. But yeah, yeah. because you're not saying the sugar-coated things that people want to hear to make them feel better. Like, oh man, everything's going to be okay. Or like, maybe you should leave. Maybe they, that person is an asshole and you shouldn't be treated this way or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, or stop being a dumbass. Don't. <laughs> See, that's just rude. <laughs> that's just rude, but no, yeah. Like, yeah, but, if you don't want to know the truth, don't fucking ask. I, I think where I get into trouble or where I have, this is something I'm personally working on, Yeah. where I've gotten into trouble before in the past is assigning unsolicited, straightforward advice, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's a tough that's, one. That's something, so like, I've, I've, I think I've gotten better at being like, do you mind if I give you some advice or do you mind Asking if I first. tell you what I think? Yeah. I feel, and if I, I feel like you, if you do a, what's called an accusational audit, which is from one of these other books too. And you say, I know I'm going to say some things that you don't want to hear, or maybe you're <laughs> thinking that this, this, and this, but here's some things that I here's think. Here's some tough love. Here's some yeah. tough love kind of topics that I need yeah. to share with you. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. All right, one more book from you, one more book from me. I got no more books. You got no more books? I got one more. Not, I the, know, not that make the list. I got other books that I've read. Right? I know like, you want to chime in on this one, and this is one that you pushed on me as well. And I feel pushed on you wow I, you a lot of things that you pushed on me i end up definitely liking and uh falling in maybe love maybe i with. shouldn't have to push so fucking hard to get you to listen to them now. oh my god just keep pushing because <laughs> i'm very resistant to uh cool ideas <laughs> but this is uh this is one of them art. This is, you should do more art i, I did more art for my website i just gave you like six or seven pieces <laughs> Uh, Ready Player One. Oh my God! It's yes. such an amazing book. Yeah, and I wouldn't put that on my list just because it didn't impact me um, to grow. But man, that it, is a no, good it's, fucking it's, it's book. It's not a book that helped me grow, but it was one of those books that was just absolutely fucking amazing. It's in the same thread as and Demon. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's even better. It's I feel more like entertaining it's, though. It's above that, but below Ender's Game, maybe. But yep. when you listen to the book, if you're uh, an 80s kid like me, there's a lot of nostalgia in there. And when you're hearing it, it's just, it it hits all the right chords. It's so good, it's man. It's so good. And even, like, the audiobook is so entertaining. And the movie wasn't a letdown. Like, they did cut some stuff out of the movie. But the movie, for the most Hold part, <laughs> was entertaining. And I Time did out. like it. Wait. You might have a different view on this. I have this. a very different view I'm on sure. that. But man, the book is amazing. And everything that's in the book, I yeah. wish they could have included in the movie. Yeah. So I would definitely say... Uh, it's probably hard to say read the book first because a lot of people have probably seen the movie just because it, it looks super entertaining. I'm sure it drew a crowd. I would say if you've seen the movie and you like the movie, you fucking better read the book because it is that good. It's it's, fucking, it's, so it's good. amazing. So, and you owe it to yourself to listen to the audiobook. It's it's so yeah, much better. Yeah. I would say uh, I I read the book. Look, we went, what, there were like 10 of us that went and saw that movie together? Yeah. Something like that? Yep, yep. And that's the only time I've ever done that, by the way, is like got a shitload of friends to go with me to go see this movie, right? Yeah. Almost all of us came out of the theater just disappointed <laughs> and like saddened by the fact that, that it didn't meet up. With yeah, expectations. didn't meet expectations. And so, like, that's a testament to how much better the, the book is compared to the movie. It seems like that's always the that case. That said, if you've read the book and you wait a long time 
and and, mm-hmm. and it's not like super fresh in your mind. Yeah. And then you watch the movie. It was fresh. The movie's in my really mind. awesome. It was fresh in all of our minds. Oh my god! When you saw the preview of the DeLorean and it was doing the donuts and it had just it was like that teaser trailer was like I want to see this movie today. Yep. And there's there's things in the movie that I think they actually did. There's a there's a whole section of the movie that they made that's mm-hmm. just not in the book. Yeah. It's when they're looking for I think it's the second key. Yeah. Because that, that's when they played Joust, I, right? I, don't no. The first key is when they pay, played Joust, okay. and, and that's in the book, but it's not in the movie. The second key, the stuff in the movie, is not in the book at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a second key that they have to find, but how they go about it. See in how the easy movie, it is for me to fuck things up? Yeah, and I could just exactly. Say that. You're I a ruiner. So ex- I get so excited. You are a ruiner. I just want to say all the things. Yeah. So like. Like that second part was yeah. incredible in the movie. Like yeah, it's pretty it, good. it was really good. But then like and, and the graphics and everything were amazing. And it's Steven Spielberg, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just it, it they left. I don't know. I, I think for me, when I read the book, the whole adventure of him finding the very first key. Yeah. Where they had this huge buildup about like what the world was really like mm-hmm. and like yeah, the buildup is the part that it's such a big build. It's like the first twenty five percent or thirty percent of the book is buildup before they find this key. And if you're like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about this key?" <laughs> Basically, it's like a Willy Wonka story, okay? Yeah. Where like this guy leaves these things for people to find, and there's a key and a portal in the book. You have to find both. Yeah. And there's different achievements you have to complete. And if somebody finds all this shit, then eventually they're going to find something that gets them a a uh, ownership of this company that basically is like Google plus Facebook plus like I don't know what's another huge company like it, it, like Google. basically all of the companies together all that of them are together the like the companies. biggest biggest company yeah it's like one company that you're going to become the owner of it it's like some kind of like it's it's literally like a Willy Wonka type story um in fact i want to say in the movie they have a little Willy Wonka soundbite in there at one point. They did right at the beginning. The teaser trailer had a Willy Wonka kind of theme to it. Yeah. Did you read the or listen to the second audiobook, Ready Player Two? Yeah. That one was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I like the concept a lot. The concept was pretty good, but yeah, yeah. you should definitely check out that that movie. It's so so good. Yeah. But yeah, another book that would just it was amazing. Yep. Yeah. All right. I think last but not least, I just want to know uh, when you're going to start pulling your weight and bring a guest on this show. You want a guest? I want you to bring a guest on the show. What kind of guest? You pick. Something entertaining. Okay. You're going to work on the next... Consider it done. One of the next episodes. It doesn't have to be the next episode. I'm going to work on the next episode? I want... If it's going to be your guest, I want you to figure out the the way we're going to structure this. And I'll come up with some content as well, but I need you to to tee this up, my friend. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah? It's going to be Tessa. Bring the heat. It's not going to be your wife. bring my wife. (laughs) Surprise! Surprise, babe. <laughs> You'd be so pissed. You'd be oh like, this God. is bullshit. We can't talk about the stuff that I want to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it's gonna be. I'll That's have to okay. think about it. Yeah. I'll, Sometime you in the can next... go into the document we created. We have notes on everybody we said we'd bring on. Oh my god. You had some good ones on there, I know. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Cool. Yeah, we're good. All right, man. Good talking to you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.